ESPN 100.3 FM. RZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hola, amigos. It is another day in New Orleans. Hope everybody is doing well. At least the sun is out, Jordan. A little nervous. We landed last night before 11 p.m. The city was not on fire and burning. <laughs> so you had a lot of pizzas last night, huh? I did. I did. It was um, it was interesting. Um, got a fun show lined up for you today, sir. Go over the guest list. Who do we got today? Yeah, we have Mike Carney. He's going to be coming up here at. 12.05, then later on at 12.45, we have Lance Moore, 1.15 in hour number two. We will have Connor Payton, Sean Payton's son, mm-hmm. um, over in the second hour. And then finally, to wrap things up guest-wise, one thirty, John Stinchcomb. So we'll talk, obviously, uh, continuing uh, about what's going on here in the city of New Orleans. Sean Payton deciding... To step down, 800-998-1003 is the number to call. Of course, we'll focus on the Pels getting back to action tomorrow since we are your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. And uh, getting closer to that trade deadline, Jordan, you're starting to see a lot more chatter about that. We'll get into that here and more. Two head coaching vacancies reportedly could have been filled today. So we'll get into that here as well. That leaves seven, including... Wow, it's even tough to say, the, the New Orleans Saints. But let's kick things off and get our conversation going here on this Thursday afternoon with Mr. Mike Carney. You can follow him over on Twitter at Carney44 is the way to do so. Mike, good afternoon, man. Thanks for joining us today. How are you, bud? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Doing well. Um, so I, I guess I when we were sitting there Tuesday and, and watching Sean Payton go through I guess his life in New Orleans as a head coach. He mentioned 06. He mentioned key players and everything. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I feel terrible. I spent the last several days going, it's not happening. Relax. Everybody chill. Go get a beer. Mike, I was wrong. Were you surprised when you found out that the reports were true? Uh, yes and no. You know, I think um, yes, because he's a coach, right? Coaches just love the coach no matter what, right? But. But no, I, you know, at the end of the day, I look at it, I, I, you know, and I, and I mean this in, in, in all due respect, I felt as if whenever Drew retired, I, I felt like his, his days were numbered. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a tough, tough, tough guy to replace, as you guys know, and um, been there for, you know, 15, 16 years. It's a long time. And, and I tell you what, he he's definitely submitted his footprint in, in, in that city and that organization forever. Um, you know, he's earned it. You know, he's, I think he's earned that right, guys, to step down and do what he wants to do next and. You know, maybe he needs a year or two off. Maybe go off and do some broadcasting or do something else. Maybe, um, you know, kind of relight that fire, maybe, if you will, like mm-hmm. a John Gruden did when ESPN came back. Um, I don't know. But, you know, he, he's, he's, he's uh, left some big shoes to fill. That, that's for sure. You know, obviously, Mike, one of the things that's going to be remembered here, obviously, is the turnaround here. And, um, look, man, I – 
remember clearly. I'm, I'm 46, so I remember clearly working for the you know the Saints radio network. We couldn't give away tickets, Mike. You got here in 2004 yeah. via the draft, so you know better than anybody that turnaround and how it happened. So I kind of want to start that with you because you have an interesting perspective and obviously the iconic moment in photo, Mike, of the dome coming, which we'll get to in a second. But you get drafted by the Saints. Take fans back. My intern dude don't even remember Jordan playing, you know, like Michael George. So he's young. What was it right. like 2004 being a New Orleans Saint? Wow. You know, dream come true first and foremost, right? Get a mm-hmm. chance to play in the National Football League. That was the goal. But never been to New Orleans. I I, don't, I had to look it up. On, I had to look on the map to see where it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a West Coast guy. I was born in, in San Jose, California. I was raised up in Washington State. I was recruited to Arizona State, played at Arizona State. So West Coast guy going to New Orleans, you know, it was it was a culture shock. It was a huge shock to me. Um, it was very different. I tell people all the time, there's no place like New Orleans. There's no place like Louisiana. And and you can't you can't really find any other place in the world that even compares. So, uh, But once you kind of embrace the people, the fans, uh, the culture, man, it, it sticks with you forever. So uh, a shock and an awe at first, but then, man, I, I, I fell in love right away. Speaking with Mike Carney back in 06, All-Pro and Pro Bowl fullback of the Saints. We'll get to the greatest game ever, sir, for you with Sean Payton, <laughs> which we will get to in a sec. But what was 05 like? I remember covering it. Obviously, the city remembers dealing with it. But I, I still, from a perspective of seeing the team you know, practice in parking lots and be this place, could yep. they move, could they not move, you were in that locker room. What was that like that year in 05? You know, in all my years playing football from the time I was seven to my last year playing when I was 30, 2005 is a year I will always remember, and I can remember almost everything that happened that year. It, it was, you know, it, it was moments where you just went, is this really happening? You know, um, our hearts were with the, with, with, with the region, the city of New Orleans, the fans, the people, first and foremost. You know, that was our big concern as players. Uh, but you know, we were at a disadvantage every game. I mean, you guys, everyone knows we went 3-13. and 13. It was tough. We had a home game in New York, right? I mean, that's not really a home game. We're playing against the New York Giants, that, right. all their fans there. You know, we played uh, four games in Baton Rouge at LSU Tiger State. We played three in the Alamo Dome. Um, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We just knew that we, were, we, weren't, we weren't going back to New Orleans for the 05 season. But, and you mentioned a few of the things. I mean, we – Worked out in parking lots. We worked out at high schools. We were, our locker room was a baseball, a, ball, a baseball field. Um, you know, uh, Chief, our, our, our old equipment manager. I mean, I, I mean, I'm surprised he even lived through that season. I mean, he had to move in, move out of the Alamo Dome when certain events came into the Alamo Dome. They would kick us out, and then okay, come back in. I mean, it was just a year where the one thing I always remembered was every time we were on the, the tarmac getting ready to taxi down the runway. I swear, the whole plane was asleep. It was exhausting. Um, just everything we had to go through. But we also knew that it was nothing compared to what right. the city, the people, and the region were going through. So that was on our hearts. That was on our minds. We played as hard as we could. Uh, you know, with all the disadvantage, we, we, we gave the best we could. Um, we wanted to do more that year, you know, for the city, for the region, for the fans. It always didn't work out that way. But uh, definitely a year... I'll never forget. 
So over the last couple of days, we, we've seen the, the presser when Sean Payton gets hired. What was that like, your first meeting with him? What do you recall in his first conversation with the, the team? Oh, this is going to be great. You know, offensive-minded guy. You know, Jim Hazlitt was a defensive-minded guy. He had a lot of energy. Uh, you know, he, he was going to bring a com- completely different perspective to the offense and, and, and offensive scheme and, and how we were going to do things. And, you know, kind of the jolt the organization needed at that time, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was excited when he got hired. You know, I, I, knew, I knew some toughness was going to be, you know, be on display with him coming from, you know, being under Bill Parcells uh, in Dallas. So, you know, I, I just remember saying to myself, I've got to strap it on, man. It's going to be, here we go. You know, Sean's going to bring in a whole new thing. It's going to be, it's going to be a culture change. And we welcomed that. We mm-hmm. wanted that. You know, the group, the, the core group of those guys that were from that 05 team that we were fortunate enough to be, to be held over from that 05 team to the 06 team. You know, we, we, we wanted to prove ourselves to him that, hey, we're, we're a part of this change. We want to be all about it. We're all in. And, you know, from his press conference, that's probably the, the, one of the biggest things I, I love when he mentioned that, that he talked about the, the, those guys that they're from that 05 year that they kept. Mm-hmm. You know, I really appreciated him bringing that up because that was a big piece of the puzzle as well as bringing in uh, everybody else in free agency and, 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 and all the guys he drafted, right? So, I mean, just a great mix of guys that are all like-minded that really we all came together that year because we wanted to bring the city back. We wanted to, to bring the Saints back. We wanted to put that organization on the map. And, um, you know, we did that. And so I'm really proud of that. So I was really happy when I was able to, to hear him really take some time to really talk about that. And then obviously that, that 2016, which was just a special, a special year and a special group of guys. You know, I remember interviewing in the locker room. You always wanted to run the football, Mike. I remember that. So toughness was never an issue. I always remember that. Go to okay, tell him we need to run the football more. Um, yeah, yeah. Could that remotely though still have prepared you for Millsabs? I still to this day tell people it's oh. hot here. That was awful. <laughs> that was awful. It, it, it was. I mean, I'll never forget Scotty Patton, the the, 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 the trainer. Kate. I never. I'll never forget the practice. I think it was like midweek two. Or, you know, end of week two, and, and Scotty Patton came up to Sean Payton. I was standing right next to Sean, and we were right in the middle of practice. I mean, you know, where pads are popping, you know, where it's a physical practice. Sean's into it. He's hooting and hollering, you know. And, and Scotty Patton comes to me and says, Coach, it's 128-degree heat index. <laughs> I went, what? It's a 128-degree heat index. We had guys molded wow. cleats that were melting. Wow, on the field surf there at Millsap. Um, by far the toughest training camp I've ever been through. Uh, we had Ernie Conwell on that team who played for Dick Vermeil back in St. Louis, who held, who was known for no, uh, holding the, the most, the strenuous, toughest training camps. And even Ernie was saying, this is a lot like Vermeil. This is, this is how it was in St. Louis. You know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But I mean, I, I looked. I looked around. I mean, I was surprised someone didn't die at some point. You know, it was. Um, but it was. You know, it was a part. It was a part of the deal. You know, this is the type of culture. This is what. This is what he was bringing in. This is what mm-hmm. we're going to do. You're either in or you're out. You know, and I think he was really trying to see who was who was in, and who was out. And so, but uh, that training camp, uh, they don't have those training camps no more. <laughs> no. I mean, it's, you know what I mean. It's, it's somewhat country club now, but. 
but uh, yeah, that 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 time in Millsaps, those are some great memories as well because you know we we were on a college campus. It was just us, and we had dorms, and you know we really got to bond and get to know each other as well. Do you think that's why when we look back, obviously, and and remember the dome coming game and see the emotion that the players shared with the team. Look, I, I get the connection of understanding the fans and seeing when you drive around what the city's going through and the rebuild and the blue tarps and you name it. But you mentioned right. the adversity in 05. You guys actually went through that. You mentioned the toughness yeah. and the character building in 06 and then finally being able to play in your home stadium. I mean, Mike, everyone talks about when we bring up your name, man, you know, you bawling like I did, man. I'm in the press box. I'm crying. Like, you felt that emotion. That was so real. Do you think that's why that game, we see the emotions on the players because it was just as real to you as it was to us? It, it was. It was. And, and I still, to this day, get asked, you know, what were you crying about? Because you guys won? Did you get, were you hurt? And it, it had nothing to do with that. They're on the bench as the clock winded down and, I thought about that whole 05 season. I thought about Hurricane Katrina. I thought about everything we had went through and how great it was to give this to the city, to the fans, and, and for us players to have the moment that we deserved as players as well that went through that year. And the, the, the emotions just, I couldn't control it. You know, that night was more than just about football. You know, the Falcons came in there. I remember looking, I remember going and talking to Wayne Gandy, who was, who was you know, who, who was with us in the, um, you know, with the Saints for a number of years, but then you know he was with us that old five year. He was with the Atlanta Falcons that 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 season, and he looked at me, man. He's like, we don't got a chance. <laughs> we don't got. They knew. They came in. They were just there. They were they were just there. Um, we were not going to lose that game. We were not going to lose that game. And um, you know, a, a moment for me, a time for me personally. Um, another one of those. Hey, I'll never forget this night. I'll never forget this. But that emotion was everything we had gone through the year before. And it all, all had come out and how, how hard we had worked to, to, to have that feeling, you know, and to, have, and to share that with our fans who deserve it the most. You know, Mike, one of the things that I think is interesting as well this week is people looking back at him and listening to Sean talk about his time here as a, you know, moment in NFL history. And it really was, right? Anytime you win a Super Bowl Absolutely. or you turn a franchise around – it is something that is, you know, unique in the history of the NFL. There's no doubt about it. I, I know you came up a year short, man, of being on the team that won the Super Bowl, but are sure. you still proud sure. of seeing that turnaround? And like he mentioned, and we've talked to other players about the Pittsburgh Steelers story with the logo of being able to help Mike make the Florida Lee not a logo that people, you know, make fun of. Yes, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of that. I believe that 06 team was, you know, was the, was the, you know, was the callus, was, was the, you know, the linch pad to get them to, to win that Super Bowl, you know, that culture change, you know, yeah, I wasn't on that team, but man, I, I feel very proud, very proud. That they were able to achieve that. Cause that was the goal. That was, that's always, that was always the goal when Sean came in was, was to, was to win the Super Bowl. So to be able to have a little, a little piece of that, a little part of that, culture change to get them to get there and get over that hump i'm very proud of that i'll always be very proud of that mike finally i know one of the things that i always get from a lot of the players in that early part of that era was the relationships and friendships that still maintain i know we're gonna have lance coming up a little bit are you still close with a lot of those guys 
You know, I, it's, it's funny. I, I'm doing some combine coaching down here in, in San Diego, and, and lo and behold, one of our guys coached the receivers is Lance Moore. I haven't seen Lance in, prob- in prob- probably since I left the Saints in 08, but it was like I, 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 it was like we just picked up right where we left, left, left off. Big hug, talked about the old times. You know, I, so it's great to see him. Um, I stay, still stay in touch with Deuce. Deuce and I are still very close, talk all the time. Brian Young. Um, Ernie Conwell and I are very close. So, yeah, a lot of us still talk, still hang out, still talk about those those days, those moments, those memories. You know, and it's not really the games. It's it's the locker room, right? It's the weight room. It's stories, going out, dinners, that type of stuff. That's the stuff that we, re- we really talk about, you know, the camaraderie. Um, you know, guys coming together for, for, for one purpose. And um, so, yeah, I, it's great that guys are still – keep it in touch and staying in touch. And, and um, you know, I think that, 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 that won't ever change. All right, final question for you, sir. And, again, thanks for your time. I still bring up my intramural sports oh, championships here we go. Here at we Southern go, Miss. Here we go. The story grows every time I tell it, Mike. December 10th, 2006, <laughs> yep. three TDs, sir, as a fullback yes, in the NFL. Yes, How many times do you tell that story? Is it a Christmas thing? Is it when the guys get together? And is it now five TDs? Was it always you were part of the game plan? I mean, how has that moment lived on? Uh, Well, December 10th in my household is always an anniversary. There it is. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) You know, and uh, my kids, you know, weren't born then. I had kids after my career was over. So, you know, they they love to – I'll put it on for them every once in a while. And they'll go, Dad, you did – you scored three touchdowns in a game? Like (laughs) – Wow, you know, your fantasy points must have been off the chart. <laughs> and, you know, I, I probably got more questions from family and friends like, man, I, I didn't, did you know you were gonna, that was going to happen? I said, absolutely not. I do remember one thing. Coach Payton, during that week of preparation, would walk by me every so often throughout the week during, prepar- you know, during practice saying, they don't cover the fullback in the flat. And then he would just walk away. And as a fullback, they're like, yeah, right. I get that. I hear that all the time. Most of the time I catch the ball in the flat. You know, I'm, I'm getting hit by a corner right away or a linebacker for a two- or three-yard gain, if that. And so when he was saying that, for me, it was one year out the other. There was there was more important things on my mind than that, right? It was just, hey, I want to win this game. You know, I want to lock up that number two seed. And so, but, yeah, that night happened. It was, you know, a night, obviously, it's for me in the history books and we'll never forget and um, a, a great night. A lot of fun, and, you know, it, I knew that it would never happen again, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know you in the locker room always asked about it, though. You? you said you're always open. I remember that, sir. Um, yeah. Appreciate the yeah. time, man. Thanks for catching up. I think it's a it's a good chance to catch up with a lot of players and get their experiences, too. Obviously, we see the game. We see the end result. But I think there's so many stories that I was privy to just by covering the team that I think fans would love to listen, man. So yep. appreciate the time today. You bet. Absolutely. Go Saints. Yep, for sure. Mr. Mike Carney at Carney44 is where to give him a follow over on Twitter. Appreciate the conversation. We'll take a quick break. Don't forget Lance Moore coming up later this hour here as well. We're your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
It's the start of something new sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with the Rams. Long-lasting new pickups are their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Your life is mobile. So is your bank. As a state bank and trust company account holder, you can check your balances, view transactions, transfer funds, and pay bills anywhere or anytime with state bank and trust companies' online banking or mobility app. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Let's hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. You know, what's coming tomorrow Ooh, live mobile betting. Have you already registered? I made sure it was good yesterday. Last night, I you know landed like ten fifty. Was home eleven fifteen. Had to decompress a bit, and then I'm like, you know what? Let me go. And um, it's real simple. You just put in your info. Step two of like three is the promo code. Use LaRose. What am I talking about? The DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is live tomorrow. Tomorrow. Let's go do it now. Get yourself some credits. No deposit required. Jordan, have you done? What, what are you doing? He's doing it right now. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Um, I have one. The missus has one. Just letting you know. Go ahead and do it. Um, it's safe, secure, it's reliable, and it's live starting tomorrow. Before tomorrow, get hooked up. Get hooked up, right? $100 in free bets waiting for you. No deposit required, so go do that now, since tomorrow it will be live, which means, Jordan, the AFC and NFC Ooh. championship games are Sunday, right? See, I'm teaching Carver the days of the week and things that he knows that, right? Well, tomorrow is Friday. Correct. And then Saturday and Sunday, okay. which means you can, you can wager. You can wager from the comfort of your couch, your bed, passenger seat, hopefully. If you're driving, please don't do that. I want you to pay attention, and I or maybe just pull off to the side of the road if you if you, you really could. have the urge. You just pull could. off to the side and put it in your phone. Or you can do what I'm I'm suspecting the intern will probably do during shows in the coming weeks. Oh, mid show, 
depending on if we have Raphael or Ben Heisler or anybody on it. We'll be betting on ping pong games. We'll be betting on ping pong games. Cornhole games. Exactly. Well, you got a hundred, you know? If you just bet a buck on everything, you could bet on a hundred different things. Anyway, go download the app, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Our thanks to Mike Carney coming on. Looking forward to our future guests coming up here in a little bit. Lance Moore here as well. Look, man, I, you've heard me mention Millsaps here before. Like, I, it's not an exaggeration. I mean, heat index of 120. We don't have those here. I'm, I, I know we think it is really, really, and it is, it is. You know, we will go through weeks where the heat indices is over 100. You learn, you know, you, you know, you better cut the grass at five or six or in the morning. Some people like the morning. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm an evening guy. I, I don't know. I how. think that humidity in the morning hurts. I don't, I don't care for the humidity at night. At least it's, you know, not as bad when the sun goes out. But the point is you hear that and, and what's interesting and one of the reasons we wanted to reach out to former players here as well. Yes, we can ask him how they feel about coach and stuff, but we, we've heard him say how he affected different players and, and things of that nature. And, Here's a player that was here before Katrina, went through Katrina, went through that 05 year, and he is one of those recognizable photos or pieces of video in the Dome coming, and you see him. Um, as emotional as fans were, and you can kind of get that sense and feeling. A lot of times when we cover players or cover teams, you know, it's, well, we see them on game day. We, we see them just kind of, you know, play. But what is that? Like yeah. for them, it's like he you know? he was one of the foundations yeah. of where everything started for the Saints. Yeah, and so although he might have not got that Super Bowl ring, like he said, he still holds his head up and high. And believe me, I know what that feels like. Well, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, Saints sideline reporter also, 07, 08, right. and in 09. But, yeah, exactly. I wasn't there. <laughs> wow, you're salty. No, salty. not salty at all. Salty, not, not salty, salty but it's at all. Good to see that he, you know, yeah. he still appreciates. The organization, mm-hmm. and he can go to sleep at night knowing that he helped build that. Absolutely, or- and that's why I thought it was interesting to hear that from him, um, from that perspective there again. And again, one of the little pieces of that interview that stands out and why Sean is Sean walks up to him at practice that never tells him that he's going to be part of that game plan. It's just it's something that really stands out to me what he said. And it's something that we go back to Robert Meacham and try to get him on tomorrow. If you remember, we had him on for like a year all the time over at Vinny's. And he was, um, he said, look, he, he, he picks up things during the week and he'll hold it and he'll know exactly when to do it. He just, he, he sees what they're doing. That's why Drew worked with him, right? We always talk about the greatest quarterback head coaching matchups in NFL history. You have to have one for the other. You just, you just do. Right. For it to be, quote, a great combination in NFL history. And when you see a guy like Breeze be able to beat you before the snap and things like that, it's because you also then added a coach that could see that beforehand. Right. And I love how Mike just said that. He just come up to me during practice and it uncover the full and just walk away. And Mike said, why do you keep telling me that? I mean, think about it. Like, he's probably sitting there going, okay, yeah, you're right, coach. <laughs> but it was because he knew it was kind of his way to get him ready. And maybe in his mind, if I tell you that, maybe you think about it a little bit more. Maybe you're waiting. Is this the play? Maybe you don't catch it. I, I don't know. It's almost like, it's is- almost like a, 
a weird comparison, but Mr. Miyagi like. Yeah, it to is. Where it's like you it keep is. on, all right, do these yeah. things, and it, it might not make sense at the moment. Send the floor. But when it's time, <laughs> defense. when it's time for yep. you to use those skills, and all of a sudden, Johnny, ready for it. Johnny and his band of skeleton dressed up guys come up to a little kicking and, you know, all of a sudden, muscle memory kicks in. Pa, 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 start blocking some stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, but it, that that's what made him special and unique, you know, and that's why you hear players, and again, not all the time it, it works, and not all the time um, the decisions or the play calls are, but, man, it, it's, it, it is interesting to hear things of that nature from that. Um, as we mentioned, the Saints made nine made it nine open vacancies in the NFL. We're now down to seven. As today, Jordan, two teams have decided to um, to hire head coaches. So the Bears have hired Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, I'm assuming, is how we go Say with, it with that. Say with confidence and, 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 and it'll, it'll yeah. work. Eberflus. He's 51, was considered a candidate for the Jags head coaching vacancy. He will join new general manager Ryan Poles and taking over. Are you surprised that they went with a defensive coordinator, knowing that Justin Fields is kind of their prized player right now. I, or do you think, hey, let me shore up what was just a couple of years ago I am a playoff su- team. I am surprised defense, because that's, and that way my quarterback doesn't have to right because the the whole problem with the Bears is their offense. They it's hard for them mm-hmm. to get going. So I don't know. They're gonna have to make sure that this works out because. If you know anything in Chicago, those fans are like Saints fans. Well, and it's, it's not going to last long if you're, if you're not successful here. Eberfluss? In... We're going with Eberfluss? Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, Eberfluss spent the past four seasons as the Colts defensive coordinator under Frank Reich. His defense has finished in the top ten and scoring three times, including being tied for ninth in 2021 and giving up to 21.5 points per game. Now, the Bears team ranked sixth in the NFL in total defense in 2021, so he's inheriting pretty good defense. Bringing a defensive mind again, maybe that's one of those, like the Saints this year. You know, we're in games or won games because of their defense, and you just need your quarterback tonight make mistakes. Maybe that that's a, maybe that's what Ryan Poles and by the way, Ryan Poles, the GM, was a bear, but it he does, was a player. It doesn't so make, make sense because what, does what did you see this past weekend? Okay, well, I'll keep. Well, this is going to be no, used for I a under, while. I understand that. What what won those no, games? You need an elite what quarterback. Won those games, though? but maybe, but maybe you're buying time for him to be an elite quarterback. You know, I bring in a young, hot coordinator that can draw things up for me on a dry eraser board, right? It's working for the Rams. I, it's working for the 49ers. Stop it. No. But those guys had more experience there as well. But my point has been years as well. But my point is, what if that guy in that and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're having him throw 40 passes a game? You're having him do, like, Zach Taylor had to grow up a bit as a head coach. I, you know, that was my thing last year. I'm like, Zach Taylor's going to get Joe Burrow killed because Having covered Sean Payton, your plays, your protections, your game plan can help your quarterback, can protect your quarterback, can make sure that you don't put him in situations like that to an extent, right? Um, so anyway, the Bears job is now gone. The interesting one that everyone's talking about nationally, though, is the Broncos. They have hired Nathaniel Hackett. He's the offensive coordinator was of the Packers. Earlier this week, I believe it might have been Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it is that Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show, he had massive praise for Hackett. And because of that, 
There was a lot of talk. Everyone is now saying he's going to go to Denver. Now, again, my understanding is you still have to trade for him, right? He may want out. Now, he did mention at the beginning of the year that maybe they'll have some sort of understanding where they will release him or something. But if I'm the Packers, I'm not doing that, right? Got to send me something. So it's going to be interesting to sort of see how that goes. But those two jobs are done. Now, Rod Walker, sports columnist for the Picking and Advocate, put out uh, the fact that in 2006 there were 10 NFL openings. Right now there were, you know, nine with the Saints. Now it's down to seven. And he ranked most of them. He had the Saints third of all the desirable jobs. Where do you put the Saints job? These are the openings that are available. Hit the break and come back. Think about them. We'll have an open segment for Lance Moore at 1245. But we have the Saints, the Jags, the Giants, the Vikings, the Texans, the Dolphins, and Raiders. What's the most desirable job to you? What's the, I think we all agree the Texans is probably the least. I don't know what my quarterback situation there is and ownership in that. Where are the Saints, though? They're in the middle. Rod Walker had them three. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Home health services in South Lafouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 632-6900 for more information. This whole wall needs to be shelving, too. This is a focal point in our restaurant. Leilani's new restaurant will have the largest wine cellar in the city. She needs a robust sommelier with notes of procurement manager. Three sections for France. I mean, this is the biggest Indeed can help her hire great people fast. Ah, I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. This is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup, free, when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Now let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. If you'd like to join in the conversation, Cam Jordan was on Get Up. Get Up this morning. Mm, so different now without the exclamation point. Right? At ESPN Radio Nola, if you'd like to chime into the conversation, Lance Moore next segment. If you'd like to uh, pass along a question, what would you like to know about from Lance? 
submit it. I'll uh, I'll pass it on. I'll, I'll I'll do a listener question. Um. So, Cam was asked. Yeah, you have a, a preference of who should be the head coach for the Saints. Diana Rossini. Cam, what's your pitch to Aaron Rodgers to come to New Orleans knowing we don't even know who the head coach is? I mean, I've heard he had some risks with his last head coach. So I'm just saying, maybe come pick one out. Full <laughs> <laughs> control, Cam. He just, just let him come in here and just run it. Yeah, you know, between, like I said, then he gets with uh, Mrs. B, Mrs. you know, Gail Benson. He gets with, you know, Mickey. I'm not sure what kind of, like, you know, access top-tier quarterbacks get. I'm a, I'm a defensive end. I just worry about hitting the next quarterback. But, you know, quarterbacks <laughs> usually have a little bit more executive say than so said defensive players. So I'm just saying, you know, this could probably help us out in the long run. There you go. Well, where did Jameis Winston go? Wow. Well, I mean, well, I mean it's, it's, like, Aaron, it's, Aaron. it's like Andy when he has a new toy. I don't want to play with you anymore. No, stop it. So what, Aaron Rodgers is Buzz Lightyear? Is that how you go? <laughs> He's but no, look, I mean, Cam's just saying, I mean, you know, hey, go ahead and, and come on over, you know, to that. Yeah, I guess you really can't say anything in that situation. No, probably not. <laughs> Our thanks to uh, Luke Johnson. Let me know it's Matt Eberflus. I think I said that right. Yeah, Eberflus. He actually gave it to me phonetically. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Luke. Yeah. You're good for nothing. Thank you, Jordan. Oh, come on. What do we I, call him? I, I like did... the Keebler elf? <laughs> what, what is it? I got a lot of guests today. No, you did a great job. I'm looking forward to it. That is for sure. How are you doing, by the way? You okay? You were a little down on Tuesday. Yesterday, you felt a little better. You think it's starting to sink in for everybody for a little bit? I think it'll sink in, and then once you see that first game, you're like... So, I, I, I would say this. I almost feel like they're just like the sense that we had when the season ended. Remember, we've we've asked people that covered the team, and even fans, it felt like there was a sense of optimism, and almost like, now we're good. Make a move here, make a move there. Now, granted, the moves are, who's your quarterback? What do you do at left tackle? Um, Marcus Williams, things of that nature, right? But for the most part, Saints fans are like, They'll figure it out. They get under the cap as it is. I'm not worried about the cap, right? I mean, this team found a way to trim, what was it, $111 million this past year. So they're probably sitting there like, okay, we got this. But I think a lot of that was the understanding of having head coach Sean Payton, right? So now removed, you would think that there maybe wouldn't be as much optimism to it in terms of like, well, who's going to run it? But I, I don't feel that, Joe. And I almost feel like Saints fans go, eh, all right, Whew. dust it off, shake it off. That really stinks. Let's just hire, let's just hire Dennis Allen. Let's just do what you know, keep it all, you know, as intact as we possibly can. And, and it will kind of almost be like the Saints. Do you get that sense and feeling? I do from the people that I've talked to. Um, even just my neighbor across the street, like, man, just hire Dennis Allen, you know? So just hire Dennis Allen and, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. We can keep the, you know, Ryan Nielsen will be the defensive coordinator, Chris Richard. I mean, whatever you want to do it. Pete Carmichael. I mean, you've been in the office and sitting next to Sean Payton creating, you're the offensive coordinator. Do all those different things. You know, uh, why not? So I, I feel like Saints fans sort of feel like that, that that would be a good way to do it. 
Cajun Goat, thanks for giving us a call here in the Sports Hangover, man. How are you? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm not one of those Saints fans that feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think you keep your coaches in order, Gus. I think mm-hmm. you keep the coaches that you have. Uh, but I would bring in an offensive-minded coach because you're getting rid of an offensive-minded coach. And I think I think the enemy, uh, with the dealings that he's had with Kansas City and uh, the unique offense that they run, would also be a guy that people would like to come play for if they are a quarterback looking for a new location. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're going to have an offensive mind that 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 you want to play. That's the whole reason they wanted to come play for Sean Payton was because of his offensive mind and and how he drew the plays up. So I'm more I'm more leaning towards a guy like a Bienemy, uh, you know, a, a guy that you can see that 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 they uh, they're very innovative in their offense. Uh, as far as Sean Payton retiring and high retired, it really doesn't matter. I mean, the man put in 16 years. He gave us the greatest gift that we can ever have a Super Bowl and if you're a long time fan like me and my parents were uh, but my parents have passed away since but they got to see the Saints win the Super Bowl and I can't I can't be more grateful to the man getting us to a Super Bowl and winning one I, I mean I'm there dude I I you know again having grown up here born here I still remember that I mean the show started that January of the playoffs, Larry Holder and I in our first big remote was the Super Bowl. <laughs> We're watching that. And I, I just, dude, I, yeah, there was no, you know, please behave sort of thing. Now we weren't in the press box. Okay. We were with the rest of the local media in the stands in the corner of the end zone where Tracy Porter was coming. But when he picked that off, I mean, dude, I was. You know, expletives. I was jumping up and down. Andrew Siciliano was like a row or two in front of us. And he's like, these guys here. And I'll never forget that. This as well, too. Maybe I need to let it go because it's been a couple of years. But at the beginning of that game, you remember they, they did a, a video it, uh, before they introed the teams, right? So when the Saints uh-huh. were being introduced, they played a video. And Katrina was being obviously discussed and talked about and Pierre Thomas is on there and he mentioned something and I'll never forget as I mean I can hear it clear as day two rows in front of me to my left two seats Siciliano here we go again with Katrina it's just a little flood and dude I mean to this day I lost it I mean I was like I was like all right so yeah man look it's one of those things that it's going to be always attached to it and that I just remember I think kind of like the dome coming that pick, dude, um, I still can, and I do every now and then. I don't know if it's the anniversary, do it every Super Bowl season. One of my favorite things to do, Cajun Goat, go to YouTube, type in Tracy Porter pick fan reaction. And, and this is like well before iPhone 13 and stuff. You know, the, the video's grainy and stuff like that. But the reaction of houses, bars, restaurants, when the pick happens, you see them take like 10 steps and then – you don't hear anything. It's just, you know, fireworks are going around neighborhoods. No, I mean, every stuff's flying everywhere. Like, and then in the in the background, you see him scoring. I'm telling you, no one really saw him score. They saw the pick. They saw him raise the ball, and that was it. And but to this day, man, I just that was such. Uh, again, I think it was. It started with the dome coming, and then that pick six was. You know, the, as Jordan likes to do, the two-finger salute to everybody. You know, that downs New Orleans from the Dick uh, days to the, 
you know, this city stinks. Just everybody that had downed the team. And, and to your point, I think that's why Sean Payton is viewed the way he is. That dude came in with swag. He said, not on our team, not my city, not my guys. You know, from the choking sign to Falcons players, like he embraced rivalries. He was petty. I think it was just a perfect match for the city at that time and even who we are as a people. That's what we do. And let me tell you something, Gus. There's a couple things I'm a little upset over. And and I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the way some of these people coming at Sean Payton. Uh, and I'm going to I'm gonna give the, 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 the family name Manny. I don't think that Archie has the right to say you had, you had to see it coming because of Bill Parcells. Let's just contrast Bill Parcells' uh, years of coaching to Sean Payton. Sean Payton has been with one organization for 16 years. Can Bill Parcells say that? No. Okay? So let's not slap him in the face calling him a Bill Parcells. No, Sean Payton will always be Sean Payton, and he did it his way. He didn't do it no other way. But we also got to look at there's other coaches. We have Jim Mora. If you're if you're a good coach, you have a lifetime job with the Saints. Because Jim Mora could have had a lifetime job with the Saints. But what happened? And he left mid season. Yeah, exactly. And he left mid season. Yeah. Exactly. He didn't even see it all the way through. But people don't remember that. But let's say Jim Mora was a great coach for us. He got us winning. Yeah. You know. But we've never been that successful as much as we win with a defensive coach of getting it to the next level. Dude, 8-8 eight eight so I'm a little bit more season. onto an offensive coach. Huh? We would high-five people. We're 8-8, eight eight, baby. 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Oh, we're going we to go 8-8. Eight eight. We're going to make the playoffs for the I remember, first time. I think it was my I freshman or sophomore year to Brother Martin, and I'm coming from the West Bank, so, you know, we always pass that, that scoreboard that's been there forever, uh-huh. not for, before the arena and all that stuff. And I remember the year that they started, like, 2-0. Three and zero, and on Mondays, you know they would have the record, and it's go Saints four and zero, five and they're like whoa, <laughs> like just it was just a, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about, like you're giggling, it was crazy, I and know that's exactly why what you're talking I remember about. that 2006 season with the start of that was just as impressive to me as them getting into the NFC Championship game because they had comeback wins. The Saints never come back from anywhere. I'm like, you know, the, that Green Bay and Cleveland, they came back to win those games. But anyway, hey, man, it's 1245. I got to let you go so I can go call Lance Moore. Hurry up. Let me give you one thing. Uh, th- this is what's changed, Gus, and, and I hope more uh, uh, New Orleans fans are doing this. When the Saints won the Super Bowl and uh, we ended up having you – know, and we got a basketball team here and everything, slowly but surely my aggression towards what team I like better changed. Uh, now that I have an underdog team to pull for again, which is the Pelicans, I'm more of a Pelicans fan than I'm a Saints fan. And I'm a, I'm a diehard Saints fan, but I'm more of a Pelicans fan. So I'm hoping like people can change their, their – uh, know that you won a championship and go to a different thing to win a championship. And uh, Willie Green will be the new Sean Payton of the town. Mm, and that's tell you it. what, man. It's, um, it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Thank you, KJ. Go appreciate the time as always, bud. Quick break. We come back. Lance Moore will join the show when you're home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. The new year is.
is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online Online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. The cleanup continues from the recent storms, and we want you to know that nobody can get a metal roof or metal building to you faster than Reed's Metals in Brookhaven. For all your metal building components, Reed's Metals has it all in stock. Roll-up doors, insulation, skylights, purlins, and more. Our metal building frames are American-made steel, all put together by certified welders. Metal buildings and everything you need with quick delivery, too. When you call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, 601-823-6516 or online at reedsmetals.com. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets makes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. (laughs) Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. What a Super Bowl with the Saints in 2009. Mr. Lance Moore joins us this afternoon to uh, give his thoughts. Sean Payton stepping down as head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And you've been seeing the last couple of seasons on WDSU. How are Fletcher and uh, Sharif treating you, man? Well, you know, for the most part, they treat me well. Uh, I can't really complain. <laughs> I, I am allowed to work with uh, two guys that I feel like make me better at my job as well as Coach Jim Mora that is excellent at what he does and always, always entertaining. You know, it's interesting. You hear head coach Sean Payton touch on the fact, and even this morning when he was on the Dan Patrick show, that you know, TV looks like that's what he's going to go do. With you being in media, what's been the biggest adjustment for you, and, and why did you want to go into it? You know, honestly, it was for me, it was kind of like a smooth transition. I mean, I, I enjoyed – the other side of it, uh, as far as being interviewed and being open with the media as much as possible and allowing them to, to you know, uh, do their job effectively. And, um, you know, while I was playing, a, a lot of people told me, man, you, you're, you're pretty good at this. Like, you, you'd probably be natural at this. Um, and, and as I was retiring and trying to figure out what was next for me, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of a smooth transition. Um, you know, obviously there's opportunity for guys that play for a long time and articulate and I feel like I kind of met, you know, uh, met that mold, and uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I really do, and, and it's something that I, I think specifically working for uh, a station locally in New Orleans, I mean, it keeps me connected. Obviously, I'm involved in the game, and I get to see a lot of the people that I know and love pretty often. That relationship and connection I want to get to in a quick second. Follow Lance Moore over on Twitter at LanceMoore16. Lance, we had Mike Carney on, and it was interesting to hear his perspective. He got drafted with the Saints in 04, went through that 05 season. 
that was part of the start of what we now know as Saints football here in 06. Along the same lines, your journey too, and where it came from, from just getting that opportunity, right? Special teams to two-point conversions in the Super Bowl, dude. When we talk a lot in media, we use the word culture. First, define what you think culture means. Well, I, I think culture means uh, uh, a vision um, for your program and what you are trying to um, get done um, and the type of man or woman that you think best fits that bill. Um, you know, saying that I was a, a Jim Hazlitt guy sometimes catches people by surprise. I was, I was there before Sean, and I was a holdover, and I saw the culture of the Katrina-stricken Saints and how basically dysfunctional we were. And, I, and as quickly as things got changed, I mean, literally a season later, right. Sean came in and started weeding guys out, started bringing in some of his guys that he knew from years past in the, in the league. And that culture shift happened quickly. Um, and I, I've been saying all week that Sean was the perfect guy for that job in that particular moment to be able to right the ship and create a vision for success moving forward. And, and, you know, he executed it perfectly. Speaking with Lance Moore on ESPN New Orleans here, Lance, I think the other thing that, that stands out that we speak a lot about in his tenure and we hear players currently, and you went through it and obviously you talk about it now when you cover the team, next man up, right? Injuries, whatever opportunities, but I've always said you have to create that culture. It, it can just be coach speak. You have to create that environment where literally players feel if you show up, you're going to have an opportunity to play. And one of Sean Payton's famous phrases is no matter where you get drafted, you're in. Pierre Thomas, an example. You're an example there as well. If you can play and you show it, you get that opportunity. How did he go about actually doing that and you guys actually believing it? Well, you know what? It was like from day one. Um, one of his first team meetings, I remember him saying, I don't care how you got here. I don't care if you were a first-round draft pick. I don't care if you were a tryout guy, last guy on the roster. It doesn't matter to me. What I care about is that you show up and you do your work every single day. You try to improve every single day. And when, if and when your opportunity comes, that you meet that moment and you take advantage of that opportunity because that's what's important here. Next man up sounds good. But when you think in terms of the National Football League, everybody's going to get hurt at some point. That's not to say that every single guy is going to get a fair shake. I, I'd be crazy if I said that because it doesn't usually work out like that. But if and when your opportunity comes, and for a lot of us, especially myself, the opportunity came by way of injury. 2008, Marcus Colston dislocates and breaks his thumb, has surgery, has some, uh, pins put into his thumb. There's an opportunity for somebody to step up and it happened to be me. And, and I know that I owe a ton of, of what became of my career, where I am today, mm -hmm. uh, to Sean Payton for having that mindset and allowing guys who aren't, you know, big time or, or heralded guys to have an opportunity and then make something out of their careers. Lance, one of the things that Mike brought up that was interesting, I brought up his, uh, you know, his infamous December 10th game, and he, he didn't admit it's, it's a holiday at his household when he had the three touchdown game. Um, and he brought up that during that week, Sean Payton never mentioned anything about him being in the game plan, just said they don't cover the fullback in the flat and it would walk away. Do you ever remember moments like that where Sean 
did something w- with you or said something to you, and you, you had no idea, and all of a sudden you were a part of that game plan or, or, or something like that that stands out? Well, not necessarily a scenario like that. I mean, mm-hmm. but, but something like that does not surprise me. I mean, that is how smart and how engaged he always was in every single game plan. I mean, like, sure, he, he called the plays, um, but, but and it was his offense. But, I mean, to see him as actively engaged in game plan meetings and install meetings and then, obviously, on the practice field, talking about exactly what the defense is going to do on any given weekend, what specific players' tendencies are or things that he's going to give up out there. I mean, he I always like to call him like a savant. He's like an offensive savant. He's a football savant in, in that he's just tirelessly studying the game, studying the opponent, and trying to figure out how he can find an edge. And usually he was able to do that. I mean, look at the, the success that his offense has had in the last 16 years. I mean, top top five offense, I want to say, at like 11 years or something like that, which is incredible when you think about, mm-hmm. um, you know, where the, the, the Saints team and offense was prior to his arrival. When you when I go back and kind of remember the, the beginning of that, Curtis Johnson and, and, and just – Sean running plays over again when you guys didn't hit the right yard mark on an out. And it was all important because he had that. And I've always said this on the show that you can have a lot of these offensive geniuses, quote unquote, that have theory, I guess, about offense and, and where they want to be. But Sean had a purpose and a rhyme and reason for it. Right, Lance? And I remember those practices where there was a reason you guys started that play overs because that's where Drew was going to go was two spots and then almost trusting everybody. Right? Uh, Robert Meacham said that when we had him on the show in the past where one of the things he had to learn as he was here with the Saints was keep running your route because it may not be to you, but you might be the one open as the play goes on and Drew's going to find you. Was that something that you also had to learn? Yeah, for sure. I mean, nothing is ever dead in, in that offense. I mean, it's it's like you you have a specific route or, or concept that you're running and there, in his offense, there was always a rhyme and a reason. I mean, there, there wasn't anything that was just kind of thrown in there at the last minute. Yeah, you just do this, you get out of the way. I mean, it was everything um, meant something to what exactly he was trying to get done. And there was always some form of adjustment or read in case the defense surprised him. I mean, that, that was, it was really a, a no-stone, unturned type of offense that, you could really be effective on any given play. Now, obviously, the defense, they get paid too. So that's not to say that every single play is going to work out perfectly, sure. you know, but obviously that's, that's far-fetched. But, um, you know, very few times as I was playing there were we ever caught off guard with what the defense was doing because our preparation and game planning was so good. You know, you mentioned Hazlitt and into Peyton. And now this locker room with a lot of leaders, a lot of captains that you've covered, obviously, in the past couple of seasons here at WDSU, that I think they can sort of handle it. But what what is that going to be like with that new head coach? A lot of Saints fans would love Dennis Allen and kind of keep as many coaches together. Do, do you think that's probably what's best? And do you think the leaders like Demario and even Alvin Kamara and, and such and Cam are better maybe equipped to handle something like this? You know, obviously it's going to be different. It doesn't matter who they hire as the head coach. I mean, it, 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 not to have Sean as the figurehead, the the man who is really making 90% of all the decisions that are made in the organization. It's going to look different. It's going to sound different. I would imagine if it's Dennis Allen or even Aaron Glenn or Pete Carmichael or Joe Lombardi, 
a lot of the messaging would be the same. Obviously, I think they would keep a lot of the guys around that, that have been there and have been successful and shown that they deserve to be there because of the, the culture that was created. And, and I don't know that Mickey or Mrs. Benson has any interest in, in creating um, what would essentially be a rebuild. I mean, I, I don't know what coach would come in and, and totally try to break down this roster, but it's kind of hard to believe that a new coach, a guy from the outside, would come in and keep things as is. I mean, obviously he would have – his own vision for where he would want to take the organization. Um, and it would be, I would imagine there would be more change if it was somebody from the outside. But if there's a leader in the clubhouse, I would imagine it's Dennis Allen. Um, been a head coach before. Obviously, he was the acting head coach when Sean was out this season uh, with COVID when we were at Tampa Bay playing against the Bucks, a 9-0 shutout. Obviously, the defense showed up and played well that game. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, I... If I had to pick somebody, I would I would say it's probably going to be Dennis Allen. But again, Mrs. Benson and Mickey Loomis aren't aren't going to go through this process half-hearted. I think they're going to go into it with the idea that they're going to give everybody that they interview a fair shake, mm-hmm. and hopefully they figure out who is the best person to lead this charge. Um, you know, that's that's obviously out of your and my pay grade, so we can say who we want or who we think, but. It's obviously going to come down to the big leagues in the Saints organization. Final thing for you, Lance. And again, thank you for your time this afternoon. I know you've been talking about coach here the last couple of days. So I'll ask you this. Is there a way to tell me what when I say, Sean Payne, a memory? Uh, how do you remember him? How will you remember him as a coach? Is there something, a moment, a game, a visor, the gummy chews? Like, what, what do you think of when you hear Sean Payton? How would you describe him? Well, I mean, I would say all those things, but just, just an awesome man, uh, a guy that I owe so much to, um, you know, basically being the first coach that truly believed in me in the National Football League. I mean, I was I was cut by the Browns. I was brought in by Jim Hazlitt, cut by them, uh, put back on the practice squad, and then Sean comes in and he's like, you know, let's, re- let's return some punts. So I, I was uh, effective enough in 2006, made enough plays, and, and finally made a, a roster, an opening day roster, and, and look, man, I, I know that I'm not sitting where I am today talking to you if it's not for Sean Payton. So somebody that's been awesome, um, somebody that I've obviously admired and looked up to, and, and um, shoot, man, I, I think that, that it, we'll all miss him, um, but we're still going to see him. I, I think he's going to go into media, and I think even potentially in a couple of years he'll be back coaching because he loves that type of competition, and, and I, I don't know that he's going to be totally satisfied with uh, sitting in the booth or sitting in the studio. I hear you. I agree. Super Bowl champion Lance Moore. Give him a follow on Twitter at Lance Moore 16 Of course, during the football season, you can catch him over on WDSU. Enjoy the work you're doing, man. It's fun. Always fun to catch up as well, and appreciate the time today. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, appreciate it. Hour one, just like that, it's in the books. Connor Payton's coming up over at, uh, what, one fifteen, Right? All right. Correct. We'll do that when we come back in a little bit. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it out. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device.